All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. What's going on, the people of the internet? It's time for guys to enjoy my name is james portis uh i'm the editor-in-chief of on comics ground um i am also here with my special guest of the evening uh she is our other um words are hard i can't think today um <laughs> she is our other um a senior editor and a creative uh, director. Trying, My I, name I, is Kai. I'm, What's up, people? I'm, try, I'm trying to find the word because I was like, no, it's not senior editor. It's, it's, it's a senior editor. No, it's chief editor. No, it's not right. I'm chief editor. It's senior editor. Hi, Kai, senior editor. Also, uh, one of our co-hosts of our Star Wars podcast, Aggressive Negotiations, Kai Kiriyama. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. I'm a little tired been a busy weekend already and it's only like six o'clock here on a saturday and i'm just like no oh yeah i forgot you're in totally different time zone than me (laughs) i'm two hours behind you what the heck i was like wait it's eight o'clock what are you talking about it's o'clock for me i haven't had dinner yet so (laughs) oh i said dinner it's a miracle yes she always says supper and i'm like no we are not old people i am i'm 900 on the inside (laughs) oh my gosh um, but, uh, but you, Miss Kai, as our first opening topic, you went and saw a fun little movie last night. Um, what movie was do. that? Uh, so I went and saw Detective Pikachu yesterday. And um, it was the hardest thing <laughs> to wait <laughs> for my roommate to, for my partner to come and... Uh, uh get bring me the tickets and and we went together and i had to wait all day that must have been like madness for you it was torture (laughs) it was absolute torture because this is the movie like this is the one movie that i've been dying to go see wait so you have um, been excited for endgame oh You know how I feel about... I haven't seen Endgame yet, so anybody who drops spoilers is going to get stabbed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We'll curse you like Baba Yaga. You will be cursed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I 
haven't. Uh, <laughs> no, um, Detective Pikachu was amazing. Um, I'm working on the spoiler-free review kind of like right now, so that'll go up on OnComicsGround.com in probably an hour after we're done the podcast here. That's what's um, up. Was. Honestly, though, it was overwhelming. Really? Definitely. I definitely want to go see it again. Like, I understand where the mixed reviews are coming from. I really liked it. Thing like super groundbreaking. It wasn't this like, oh my god, groundbreaking piece of cinema. But for a Pokemon fan, it was probably everything. you now get to see all of your you get to see all of these Pokemon on screen interacting with humans and with like cars and stuff like the trailer shows us pikachu and psyduck riding in a car and it's like the cutest thing ever and then it felt very much like the spiritual successor to pokemon the first movie that's some pretty big words there like is it, it it's, it's that good it it's not so much that it's like shining star of cinema it's that thematically it is very much the successor it builds on of that story okay Mewtwo. we all know mewtwo is involved and there's a line in the movie that says mewtwo escaped from the kanto region 20 years ago oh wow so like it legit yeah. builds on everything yeah Wow. The rocket's not in it, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but, but see, like, do you know how like, much of a pain it, w- it would have been for somebody to have to, like, hairspray their hair to get Jesse's ha- hair going? Like, It's not that much more difficult. It would have been a wig, and cosplayers do it all the time. Really? Yeah. There's there's these amazing Jesse and James cosplayers all over the internet. Like, just go look them up. But, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, it really, to me, was the spiritual successor um, for Pokemon the first movie. Okay. Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was overwhelming. Pokemon is a thing that um has we grew up with. We didn't have the video games as a kid, but we had like the show and the toys and the card game and whatever. And so something in my household and in my family. So we all loved Pokemon. We all still do. And was to see these Pokemon come to life, like, the opening shot, and this is not a spoiler, the opening shot, the establishing shot as they're showing you the world, you're following, like, a flock of Pidgeotto flying over the landscape. Wow. To see these Pokemon, like, doing Pokemon stuff out in the country kind of thing, and it's just, like, so that like just talking about it i'm getting chills it's ridiculous Dang. they're cgi they're not even real and i know that like the logical partner brain is like telling me that i'm an idiot but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there are so many pokemon in this movie that it's literally blink and you miss them and i don't find i didn't think they were particularly creepy yeah a lot um, of people were very mixed on how these pokemon looked is is the ones that are cute are cute so, you know, Growlithe is cute, Squirtle is cute, Charmander is cute, Bulbasaur is cute, Pikachu is cute. Then the ones that are not cute, Greninja is not <laughs> cute. Greninja is freaky as balls. I'm sorry. I, I, don't I keep swear. telling you, man, like ha- having a scarf as like your tug would be like so convenient. Oh, it's gross. It's, it's like gross. wintertime. Blah. <laughs> and then your tongue freezes to your skin. 
it's gross. It's gross. And the way they move just kind of creep. It's freaky. Mewtwo, freaky as ball. Like, I, yeah, no, Jigglypuff, kind of, kind of weird, but they kept the like, they kept the, um, Jigglypuff looks very true to what it was, but it, it, in real life, it's freaky as balls. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> there's, there's a, there's, there's, there's a level um, of freakiness. Um, oh man, who else was there? Mewtwo was freaky. I don't like Mewtwo, but I've never really liked Mewtwo. It looks freaky. You never um, liked Mewtwo? Um, Are you a Mewtwo it, hater, Kai? No, I don't hate Mewtwo. I just think Mewtwo is freaky. Okay. So it it was good. The point is, it was very good. The ending felt it was an hour forty four, so it was a for it was just over an hour and a half, which was uh really short compared to most of the so the current movies coming out. Um, they they started up called Mewtwo an Abomination. So interesting. Um, it's it's a. Mewtwo is the abomination. It was, it was created by meddling of man in splicing GN- DNA in Pokemon or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, so it was short compared... The strongest Pokemon and Basically. succeeded. <laughs> yeah, so it was, it was good. Um, it was dark in a lot of ways. Um, I kind of figured out the plot twist. Oh, you figured it out? <laughs> figured it out. I hate when I do that. Um... <laughs> really super like um Sableye wasn't in there um Bayonet wasn't in there like the really freaky ones weren't which is okay oh you didn't want Bayonet in there I would have had nightmares (laughs) 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 so there is a scene with Magikarp and Gyarados Yeah. and uh, I'm not gonna that one that scene cracked my shit up I was just yeah it was good. That was fantastic. Gyarados looks amazing. Oh yeah, you were you were wanting Gyarados to look like a. Oh my guy. god, I think I may have whispered a "I shouldn't be this wet" joke oh, <laughs> as it used waterfall. It uses waterfall, okay? So I was like, or not waterfall, surf. Um, and I'm just like, I made a joke about getting wet, and Matt was just like, "What movie? <laughs> this just... is a children's movie." Kai, there are children that they... So Sonic played. The trailer for Sonic played. Uh-huh. So this is... Okay, this is my... This is my <laughs> sidebar story. Side Detect V2, super fantastic. I give it, like, an 8 out of 10. The review will be going up. Really good movie. Totally go see it if you get the chance. You got, I got free Pokemon cards on the way in. Oh, nice. So, yeah, but if anybody has a Bulbasaur, I will, uh... I will uh, happily trade you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you get like a pack of two and they're both shiny. And I got Pikachu drinking coffee and Charmander. And I need a Bulbasaur. I, I will trade. I got I got a Charmander. I'll trade for Bulbasaur. Um, anyway, so <laughs> the, the Sonic trailer plays before Detective Pikachu. Uh-huh. And we were there at 4.40 on a Friday night. The theater was eh, probably about half full. Okay. Children. Oh wow! And Sonic, the Sonic trailer starts in literally the entire theater. All the kids, no! 
they were just like hear get a away. of like 30 children just screaming no it above was about paradise <laughs> about about sonic because it does the sonic the hedgehog and they were like no <laughs> <laughs> poor children I mean, like, it just kind of goes to, it proves which one is doing it, right? Yes. And I really don't think it open for a Detective Pikachu sequel, even though there is one that I heard has been ordered already, so. I mean, like, does it leave enough there for a sequel? I can't, it doesn't. Because I can't. Why? Like, it does because of the family relationship stuff. Okay. Um, Because, so... This character is looking for his father, but not because he doesn't know who his father is, because he thinks his father is dead. Yeah. Um, and he thinks his father has been killed. And so he hasn't seen his father in like 10 years because he chose not to go. It, the whole tragic backstory is he chose not to live with his father after his mother died and blah, 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 blah. Oh. So he... He finds out that his father is dead, and he finds his Pikachu. They go on this adventure, and they have to figure out why the Pikachu has amnesia. And if they can figure that out, they'll figure out where his father is. And Mewtwo is involved. That's all I'm saying. It the ending of this story has it doesn't really leave sequels. Oh, okay. Of context within that, like I can't, I can't say anymore because it will uh, ruin it for folks. Um, but yeah, so there was this whole deep family story and then, um, a talking Pikachu. <laughs> he is the chief of police in Rhyme City or the, like, it's his, uh, he's got a snubble. It's pretty good. I like Ken Watanabe. He didn't have enough talking screen time though, in my opinion, but it wasn't his story. So, yeah. Um, uh, Matt was happy because Psyduck. Psyduck was probably <laughs> so... the best thing ever. Um, we've been asked, uh, if, if, like, if there were spinoffs possible, though. Eh, maybe. Okay. From a, I can't really say yes or no. Like, they give us an explanation for why the Pikachu can talk and why, oh crap, what was his name? Tim, I think. I think his name was Tim. I think it's Tim. I remember hearing Tim in the trailers. Um, I'm really bad with names. So why he can understand him kind of... It can spin off if you're going to do Detective Pikachu. I'm doing the air quotes. You can't see me. Um, if they were going to spin off from that, Tim's character, so Justice Smith's character, suggests that he wants to become a detective. Like when he's at the end, when he's reunited with his dad. I was thinking about maybe doing detective work. And it's like, okay, so, I mean, you could maybe do that. It has a happy ending. Okay. It's a Pokemon. It's, it's like, he makes a mention of wanting to become a detective rather than he's an insurance adjuster. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it was a, it was good. How they would do? I honestly don't know how they would do a spinoff. Um, I haven't played the game, so I don't know. Okay. Okay. It was good. It was good. Everything looks. Everything is beautiful. And if you love Pokemon, I think you'll love it. If you didn't grow up with Pokemon, I don't think you'll like it as much. Yeah, but is there still More something fun? you can get out of it? Like, say, if you're a parent being forced, like, drugged to oh, it. Yeah, no. If you're a parent and you're being forced to go, um, it's it's not it. 
it strikes that good balance between being a kid's movie and being like something that parents can enjoy ish. There's a couple of more adult jokes. Okay. Like I was telling uh Detective Pikachu makes a smell my finger joke. Uh... Really, Ryan? Really? So it was funny. <laughs> I mean it was really funny. But yeah, it yeah. It was super good. Oh. Totally well, from just spent there, fifteen minutes talking about it. Oh no, it's fine. It is fine. From there, though, why don't we dig into the weirdness? Like, why don't we go from the weirdness of Pokemon to the weirdness of this Watchmen trailer that we were graced with towards the beginning of the week? Because <laughs> I'm, I, I, there are so many mixed feelings on this trailer that I just I don't know how to exist. Because, like, am I, am I allowed? Am I? Allowed? <laughs> are you allowed for what? To to make my joke, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Go for it. Just, I mean, like TikTok, TikTok, fuck off. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I don't give a shit. See, I I am a fan. Like when when they were first announced this around the same time that Doomsday Clock was coming out, which it still is because delays. Um, I. And just, like, why is this a thing? But at the same time, though, the idea of... Because when Doomsday Clock came out, they were like, oh, no one actually read Rorschach's journal. Or, like, the result of Rorschach's journal was just everybody found out that Osmandius is just an asshole, an asshole. So we're gonna go hunt him down and kill him. But, like, in this one, it's, oh, no, the people who read Rorschach's journal are freaking insane. Like, okay. Uh, it, it's got this, like... So basically, watching that teaser trailer, it gives me, like, Fight Club and, um, like, you know in the end... Vendetta, when everybody's got the masks on and everybody mm -hmm. is standing there and they're all like, it, it gives me a very like I am Spartacus vibe. Yes, and I feel like it is a very dangerous thing to be putting out there in this whole world of comics gate and uh, anonymous. I mean, anonymous isn't a thing anymore, but this, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like it is a very dangerous line that they are walking with this everybody's wearing the Rorschach mask everybody's gone to this like insane whatever is going on like now everybody's Rorschach you know everybody can be it's it's like the opposite of Into the Spider-Verse where everybody could be the mask and be a hero well everybody can put the mask on and be a hero but they're not doing like glorifying the good Yeah, they're it... glorifying the crazy that was Rorschach yeah. and it it just it feels like Fight Club in a bad way. Like it like they watched Fight Club and they read The Watchmen and they watched the movie and then they took the wrong thing from it. But having said that, it's only a teaser. So I I agree. Like honestly, when they first announced that they were even conceiving the idea of a Watchmen show and um Comfy Couchman's uh, said it in the chat, the idea of a prestige episodic version of Watchmen because not everyone was a fan of what um Zack Snyder did. I I definitely gave the impression that it could be a do-over for a lot of people that weren't fans of 
Zack Snyder. But this, like, and then they announced Regina King, and then they started announcing more people, and I, I started to get this idea that this could end up being the worst possible thing, because you're trying to create a sequel for something that there's no sequel for beyond Doomsday Clock. Like, before Watchmen was just that, it was before Watchmen, and even a lot of people don't even like before Watchmen. Like, I think it was like two of the issues, like I think I like the Osmandius one, and then I think, I think I'm a fan of the Rorschach one? I forget. I thought about to read them all, but the idea of this book exist, like this this TV show existing, and then like I feel like Alan Moore is gonna crawl out of his cave and be like, "What the hell is going on?" At some point, like he's gonna just like like come out and just do the monkey from Family Guy and just like point and stay and, and like growl at DC and go back into his cave. But at the same time, it's like he has a point if he does. This looks very scary. And like, like like you just said, Kai, it, it ended up having a very adverse effect on the industry. Calvin <laughs> Kaufman said, "I'm surprised he has it yet." <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't want it. Nobody asked for this. Like, like I said, I think it's sending the wrong message, and they've picked the wrong aspects of the Watchmen. Yeah, and like, I, I think uh, Jeremy Irons is going to play an old Ozymandias, but, like, uh, like who is Regina King's character? Like, are they making a new character? Like, are they trying to say Silk Spectre was a black woman and now her daughter is taking over? Like, th th there are so many questions to be had with this, and it's very concerning as to what th this is going to be, and there's not That's... enough here to really draw any conclusions other than, we're getting V for Vendetta with Rorschach, and I, I don't know how I feel about that. But th th those are our opinions on that. But <laughs> I don't like it, and I probably <laughs> won't watch it because I'll just go watch the Umbrella Academy again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I will at some point have to watch it because I love Regina King and I have a soft spot for Watchmen. But at the same time, I'm just like. Uh, like that that's just the emotion I felt when like it got to the end of the trailer and like I, I even remember when I um like behind, like off mic I had messaged the group chat I was just like what did I even just watch like what is this this looks like an ad for like a cult type like 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 like, like someone put a camera in front of a cult and said join us like it doesn't uh, I don't but from there, we had the interesting um, thing that Marvel decided to do this week ahead, because normally August solicitations don't come out until middle of the month. But what Marvel decided to do, because apparently I didn't know this until they announced it, but their 80th anniversary is coming up. And in celebration of this, at the beginning of the week, they started dropping teasers of a bunch of different creators throughout the comic industry and it looked as if they were going to be like they were creative teams a lot of us were thinking this was hinting at a relaunch as in like something that marvel's on the past like all new all different marvel marvel now marvel legacy marvel for a start whatever the what there's so many oh my god but like now with this it was like thinking okay there's like 80 some odd names here this is kind of weird and C.B. Sabolsky had been hinting er earlier in the month that he really wanted a comic to sell a million issues like they did back in the 90s. And I looked at him like, the hell? 
But the next day, we got this big announcement at around noon that in August, we're getting an 80-page celebration book called Marvel 1000 that is going to be... Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing, guys? Um, <laughs> keep go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just fine. laughing. I'm laughing at Marvel. Okay. Um. So Marvel 1000. Each page is going to be a different creative team. Um. The first page of the giant 80 uh page spectacular is going to be hand painted by Alex Ross. Um. The, 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 uh, with his amazing skills that he is, and each page is going to be a different year in Marvel's timeline, apparently. That's what the the, the, the uh, press release said. That's what I reported on, is that it's going to be each year of Marvel's history. And I, I there's so many different things to go into this because there is the fact that a, yay, Al Ewing's finally getting his due because Al Ewing's being beat around around the head by Marvel for too long now, and he's writing like eight or nine of these pages and helped like create the entire thing. So yay, Al Ewing. There's the fact that um, there is actually like n more than one black person working on this thing. <laughs> so yay. But the, the the one thing that a lot of people were concerned about was the fact that there isn't a lot of women creators on this list of 80 like people like 80 people or like 80 teams there was only about 7 women and 7 women and Al Ewing is doing 24% of these pages that is very concerning on 9 which is literally he Al Ewing has more pages than there are women creators involved like that's a tad bit concerning and that is that is seven women across both writers and authors. Writers and Rather, authors. Writers and authors. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shut up. <laughs> writers and artists. Um, that's <laughs> seven. Seven out of this whole thing. And then the roster went up. I heard a hundred and I read somewhere in a hundred and twenty. Did any more women get added in that bunch? Because Kelly Fitzpatrick has been going on great about it on Twitter. Very justifiably. And like when I saw yeah. her tweets about this, I, I, I couldn't help but agree with her because this entire situation is showing that as a whole, comic creators, not comic, creators, comic publishers haven't learned that while, yes, more than one black person is a great thing, yay Marvel, but like you're still not allowing more women in the industry. Like the gender disparity alone is uh, abysmal. Yes. And it, oh, it, Heather Antos called it out too, according to the chat. Ooh, like, like Heather Antos used to work for Marvel. Like in the fact that, and watch like just because like, and, and speaking of Heather Antos, like watch someone's going to come out the cut at Marvel and be like, Oh, there's some women editors on it. And it's going to try to like ne negate the, the conversation of no, there should be writers and artists that are women on this project. Like there, that there should be 
women of color on this project, and there ju- there just isn't. There should be so much more things going on here, and there isn't. Like, I don't even like. Is there any LGBT creators on this thing at all? Did they call Cena Grace back for like one one page? I don't. I don't. I think they did. Like, I, I'm kind of concerned to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think. I don't think there are any LGBT unless Kelly Fitzpatrick is, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't think. Seen? I don't think that there's. Uh, is Irene Co? I don't know. I know she's married to a gentleman, but I don't know if she IDs as bi. I don't know. Well, Anka's on. Christopher Anka's on. So okay, he's... okay. If Anka's on, okay, that's one person, but still, it just... One! And it's Christopher Anka, who is always on everything forever. I mean, like, bl- bless Anka and his amazing gayness, but, like, I... I... Anka or Anka? I, I always say Anka. I don't, I don't know. Because I was, I was, like... Mary always says Anka, and like, but like, also, um, I I didn't even say. Uh, for anybody who is concerned, uh, Mary and Travis are are both uh either sick or busy right currently, like respectively. So, p- please have some thoughts about them and prayers for them that that they are either in bed or working their butts off. So please give some thoughts towards them, and thank you to Kai for coming on the show and hanging out with me. Thanks for having me. I super appreciate it. Yes. But it's not. fun. But, but yeah, no, this whole crick. Okay, so my thoughts on this Marvel 1000 thing. Okay. And why I was laughing. <laughs> page, one page, is it one story or is each page a different fucking six panel story? I don't know. They just said each page is going to be a different, um, like, era of, like, every page, like, Marvel. But there's no, that sounds dumb. The thing about this is that this has been my complaint with Marvel for the last little while. Marvel doesn't know what it's doing. Marvel doesn't comics. Marvel knows marketing. Mm-hmm. How to play a crowd and play a room. They don't They don't know how to on side of things and they're marketing big events and that's what marvel has been doing for years just marketing their big events and marketing their goddamn reboots all the fucking time <laughs> and pretty much riding their high horses because endgame just crossed the billion dollar threshold and it's still going strong like mm-hmm. we had to get tickets in advance to get tickets that's ridiculous I'm not seeing it till Tuesday. So, um, anyway, I just feel like Marvel doesn't want to be making comics anymore. They're just marketing. And they they just, they understand their marketing. And I'm doing the air quotes. It's like, they know marketing, but they don't know comics anymore. Which is really, really frustrating for people who it's like, I grew up with Marvel. I wasn't really allowed (laughs) most of the DC stuff growing up in the 90s. Because it was like, super violent and compared to marvel mm-hmm. and i grew up mostly on a farm so we also just didn't have access i came to comics much later just because of reasons but they <laughs> yeah no they just i feel like 
Mary just popped up in the chat and is making a snarky comment about me being snarky, and it's fantastic. Hi, Mary. Mary's You're spilling tea all over everything. <laughs> yeah, no, so, like, no, I just feel like they're not... They're not marketing to the people that they need to be marketing to. They're not doing the things that the same crap over and over and over and they keep selling these events and we're all tired of events i would love to have an ongoing series that doesn't get canceled six issues in for you know another freaking event see i totally agree with you because ever since and i've been saying this ever since marvel legacy it seemed as if marvel was like okay give us secret empire and we'll back off of events. We need to get through this Captain America oh, Hydra God. nonsense. They promised us. Well, yeah, like, that's pretty much what it was. They promised us, okay, give us Secret Empire, and we'll back off. And it was like, okay, cool. Like you, you, you brought back who you wanted to. Marvel Fresh Start happened. Thor got the hammer back. Steve got the shield back. Tony back up, not out of his coma. Well, he's out of his coma. And like we're gonna we're gonna have some diversity, but not a ton of diversity. We're gonna have like the, the like the Trinity there because like Infinity War and Endgame are coming. Like we're gonna put a like a, a better writer on Spider Man because Slot's kind of dying out there. Like things were starting to get better. And I will give them that, like, the only event that I will give them for, like, was War of the Realms. Granted, they waited less than a year to put out War of the Realms after Secret Empire, but Jason Aaron had worked his ass off for, the, like, the reward of War of the Realms. But after everything they had been through with like with the event like po like problem they had the event flood where it was like an event and a relaunch and an event and a relaunch every other month it got to a point where it was like someone should have walked to Jason Aaron and been like can you wait like six more months while we get a status quo going because that's what Marvel's biggest problem is they and, like, and DC's starting to do it too where they can't get a, a status quo going a book can't make it past Six to twelve issues, what like, like like I said, where it gets canceled, the creative team changes, or the, the a, a character can't have a status quo. Like War of the Realms is going on, Carol's book just took off with Kelly Thompson. She doesn't have a status quo yet. She just like she was starting to get like a routine going and like was hanging out with Spider Woman, started dating Rhodey again, and then oop, got took it off to a different dimension and I'm fighting with Rogue. And it was like, what what, what is this? What are you doing? Like. Like if they don't understand that you need to have a status quo to get readers in because well yes the records show because of speculators and because of like new people hopping onto books that number ones in relaunches work we know the data shows that they work but then next month that dip is what kills you that dip of like like going from the the variant covers and the different things that go on to just skyrocketing down to nothing ends up with most books being canceled after issue six so They're marketing the wrong side of things rather yeah. than marketing to people who you know want to actually read the story and in rather than marketing to and i know that you can't really market to the trade market but the trade market and marketing to like schools for example 
who would want those ongoing stories and would want those easily accessible things. Like they're marketing to the wrong things. They're marketing to a collector's market that doesn't exist. They haven't left, in my opinion, because I don't, I don't fully know the whole comics industry, but I know marketing. Yeah. And so they're marketing to the wrong side of things. And it's incredibly frustrating to watch because they could have marketed so much stuff with the movies. I feel personally that they've really dropped the ball with having new stories, not necessarily number ones, but really good jumping on points to coincide with every single movie. They yeah. canceled, they canceled the Dr. Strange ongoing that I was reading like a couple of years ago when the movie came out, they canceled it and restarted. Mm -hmm. And now they've got whatever the hell is going on in Dr. Strange. I don't even care, but like they canceled the one that was going on. It, 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 didn't even get a very good ending. I dropped it before it was over because I'm like, well, they're canceling it, so fuck it. I don't need the last one issue that's not going to wrap anything up, and it mm. didn't. Like, it's because for so to... long they saw the relaunches were getting in the numbers, and <laughs> speculators and collectors were going, "Hey, a new number one! Everyone loves number ones, right?" And it's like, no. Then they do something that's. This is where, like, this is where um, they really dropped the ball. And, like, they had that whole, the, the bin read stuff on Comixology or whatever, where it's like, yeah, you get, like, a whole month's worth of digital. Like, it's a whole story, and then you got to wait three months, and then it's the whole series. Like, I feel like that should have gone a lot better than it did. But, again, Marvel's marketing to the wrong people. Yeah. And, like... Honestly, like, I know some people are, like, another, another like, um, that, like, vouching point for the idea of relaunches is not everyone can jump onto that. Or, like, or like not everyone can jump onto, like, issue seven or issue six. But if somebody just walks into the, into the room where they're printing everything and stamps new jumping on point or start of a new story or something like that onto, like, issue seven or issue nine or whatever, or however long your arc is... It would solve a lot of complaints of the people, or like of the casual market that doesn't know that they can jump onto a story because nine times out of a ten of a trade is one through six or one through five. So if you give them issue six or issue seven and it says start of a new story, you can keep your numbering going and it not be a problem. But for whatever reason, they can't seem to get that through their heads. They just see, oh, new fans and collectors like number ones, let's do that. But then recently... They hadn't been doing that. They were just like, okay, we'll, we'll cancel some series and then we'll plan for some new stuff. We're not going to keep relaunching every five minutes because that was one of the biggest complaints that we got for a while was that we're doing too many relaunches. But now we have all this coming up. So, like, I'll be damned if all these creative teams don't end up on books because the minute I saw that taboo from the Black IPs was on this book, like this Marvel 1000 thing, I was like, oh, God. They're gonna give Taboo a Red Wolf book, aren't they? <laughs> like, because <laughs> he's been he's been fighting for that um, indigenous representation for so long. Like, and it, and it almost became comical but admirable. So, like, I, I I I I my heart breaks for the idea that they're gonna try to bring in more diversity, possibly with the, like a possible relaunch, but. If they can't even get more women on this on, on this giant book, where are the women going to be when the when the relaunch happens? You know. Okay. No, I know. I just I don't have really anything to say. Oh, okay. like, what are they going to do with? Okay, but no, like they're gonna. 
The problem with that, though, is they're bringing in like a hundred creators. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's gonna. Neil Gaiman's not gonna end up on another. Neil Gaiman is attached to this now. Yeah. Like he's not gonna come in and do a thing. Like they're not gonna give him an ongoing. Probably not. Not. Like it, it's it's stupid. The whole thing is stupid. It's a marketing gimmick because DC just had theirs. Oh yeah, but that, that was one of the biggest criticisms that this entire thing had is that Marvel 1000 is them get like getting mad at DC for getting not only Action 1000 but Detective 1000 the next year. So a lot of people have been trying to like go through and count all of the issues and I'm like is it possible they've already hit 1000? Marvel? Yeah, like they had to have by now. Like, the idea of a number 1,000 doesn't really make sense for them. Well, like, I mean, like... Because Batman has been Batman for Batman. Like, you know? <laughs> it's been Batman for Batman for Batman. It, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels like a marketing gimmick, and I'm probably not going to spend money on it. All right. That's a, that's a fair opinion. Well, fuck. <laughs> it's, not, it's a fair opinion. Honestly, I don't know if I'll buy it print. I might buy it digitally just to read it. But, like, I'm not going to, like, dive off a cliff and be like, I have to read. Like, because when Marvel Legacy came out, I bought that at 3 a.m. when it dropped because I wanted to see what was going to happen, what, like, with everything. And then I, I, turned, I opened it and was like, oh, Space Wakandans close like I, the minute i saw space wakandans i was like okay no i'm not doing this and then like five months later space wakandans the book came out and was like uh i really didn't want this to come out and then i read it and i'm like wow this is the best book that tadahisi Kose has written in its entire black panther run <laughs> space wakandans was a good idea <laughs> but from there after my crazy laugh, we are going to move into something that I'm not really looking forward to talking about because uh, uh, because it's it's not a fun conversation. So, Batman and the Outsiders came out uh, last week after being delayed for about two or three months. Um, written by Brian Edward Hill. Um, uh, he's been doing some different stuff recently in the comic book industry. He has a, um, a Vertigo book right now. And... I like what out of the cut out of left field came Black Lightning's creator named uh Toady Isabella. We, uh, we have an interview with him on the on the YouTube channel for uh, for, like for uh for panel to panel before. So if you want to go check that out, it was right when uh Black Lightning Cold Dead Hands was coming out. So if you want to go check that out, go ahead and do that. But one of his um tweets about the situation with uh Batman and the Outsiders was don't try to put a silver lining on it. Uh, on DC reducing Black Lightning to Batman's support Negro. It's insulting to the character, his fans, and the creator with whom he wouldn't exist. For authentic Black Lightning, read Black Lightning Cold Dead Hands and watch the brilliant TV show. And it started picking up some traction. Some people agreed with him. Some people were, were saying that he was just mad that he wasn't the one writing it. Or he like he was mad that his interpretation of the character was out there or whatever, and I gotta say, I, and what's sad is I I already have an article coming out where I agree with him to an extent, but I I, I don't think he I don't think Tony Isabella went about this the right way. 
because the entire like because let's face it, Black Lightning should have his own solo title. He has a groundbreaking television show on CW that just wrapped up its second season. It has been critically well received. It has been fan requested constantly. These books are going out. You have black representation. You have authentic black representation that isn't like like scrubbed for TV or something like that. You have like like, like you have LGBT representation. You have strong women that are kicking ass on the on this show. And sadly, he's been relegated to being on a team book. Rather than having his own book. And I made this complaint about uh, DC Comics and Marvel to an extent before. That they don't really care about African American representation. And only started giving a crap when Black Panther sold so much. And became an Oscar nominated, uh, Oscar winning um, movie. So it's like, while I don't agree with the way Tony Isabella went about it. He has a point. Like, that's not really knocking Brian Edward Hill for his writing because his, like, quick arc on Detective where he introduced this idea of a new Outsiders team, which really isn't the Outsiders, it's Black Lightning, Katana, and Batman sidekicks. But, like, <laughs> it, it's... It, I, it's it's a re- very very good book, and Marcus, one of our contributors, has a review coming out for it on this coming week. But I, I, I'm just I don't know if he went about it the right way. If that makes sense. Like, well, yeah. so I come from the author sphere. Like I'm a self published author, and I, that is what I do when I'm not doing comic stuff. Yeah. Um. I say a few years ago, before this current darkest timeline that we're living in. <laughs> um, probably closer to five, five or six years ago. The author sphere on Twitter, especially, used to be literal meltdowns every other week. It was more than that. It was like every other day. Some author, normally a cis het white dude, because. Actually, no, that's not true. There were a lot of, like, first-time women authors, too, having these fucking meltdowns. Like, they were going nuts having these meltdowns because, oh, they got a bad review, or, oh, they're being called problematic, or, oh, this, or, oh, that. And it was always, you know, (laughs) it was always a meltdown. There was always an author meltdown. (coughs) Excuse me. And um, it became Twitter etiquette for authors to not respond. So you can sit there and be tagged in bad reviews and being called names and whatever else. And one bad apple spoils the bunch when it comes to stuff like that. Um, um. Etiquette became do not answer. Do not answer. Coming from that side of things... Hey, Kai. I feel... See? Pause for like two seconds. Switch over to the me, you, and Mary voice chat. Because Mary's gonna hop on. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody. We'll be back in like one second. Yeah. Are we back? Are yeah, we back we are, live? We are back. So Mary is free to hop in whenever she is available. Oh. 
No, well, now all of a sudden, no, no, no. Well, never mind. We're here. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still here. It's okay. We're still here. It's okay. Hi, we're back. So like I was saying, authors are like, get an answer to this. And so it, this meltdown that he's having feels like... I don't marry No, I'm here. Hello. Hi, I just realized I may have inadvertently caused more problems than I meant to. Oh. That took two seconds. We were right here. Oh. <laughs> now she finally fell asleep, so. Okay. Oh, look at, the, look at our screen. We're all just like scooching over. Scoot, scoot, scoot. I'm working on it. <laughs> scoot, scoot, scoot. I'm sure I'm going to hear about this later. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So. Anyway. I just feel like it's a massive meltdown and it's not good. And. Um... <laughs> I, I feel like it's gonna cause problems in the future with him wanting to have any more involvement with the character. Like at least that's that's from my. Uh, I mean, it doesn't. It, meh. Like I just, I can... I, I, I'm like Mary. I want your perspective on this because, like, like if you with your background, like with your love of comics, you love outsiders. This is like like me. Like like Kai's opinion when it comes to the author stuff is great. But, like, you with this, I want to know how you feel. Well, I definitely think Kai offers a perspective that neither <laughs> excuse me, neither one of us could actually look at it. Because I didn't really think about it that way. Okay. But I kind of see where he's coming from. But at the same time, like, <sighs> it's a bit of a a frustrating statement to kind of process. Because I do absolutely understand where he is coming from. That, you know, Batman had to be added to this book to quote-unquote give it legitimacy. Mm -hmm. And they've done that with a lot of books over the years. I mean, um, Justice League Dark and the New 52. Steve Orlando's Justice, Justice League of America last year. Exactly. These books didn't necessarily need Batman, but like Kai said, it's been Batman, Batman, Batman for so long that you have these people who will blindly buy these titles just because Batman. I mean, Cassandra Kane has been on The Outsiders before. Hash? After... After the Outsiders switched back over to Batman and the Outsiders after oh, Winnick yeah. left the book. I think Winnick left the book back then, but no, she's been on the Outsiders. Katana's been on the Outsiders since the beginning. Yeah. That's why, like, my, uh, big, my big joke was, it's Batman, well, it's Batman, Black Lightning, Katana, and the kids. It's not, um, like, the actual Outsiders. Like... You need yeah. somebody like you could have called Geoforce or something like that in here to be like a spotter in the squad and not just have Black Lightning and Katana be your like members of the outsiders here. It feels like a really weird dynamic, in my opinion. I think, and you know, I say this as a white person who probably doesn't get it. I think Black Lightning is on the team because Brian Edward Hill likes Black Lightning. That's fair. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Jefferson, and, you know, he's worked with the Outsiders before. There was that whole story arc where Anissa, you know, tries to hide him from the Justice Society League, whichever one Jennifer's on, and it turns into a battle between the two of them. Isn't Jefferson an original member of the, of the Outsiders? I think so. My, I'm trying to, like, flip through the Rolodex of, Black, of uh, Outsiders knowledge. But I also feel like, and I think I made this point privately... Um, that 
I think it's one of those instances where the character got taken in a direction that the creator did not want it to. And they are frustrated by that. But I also feel that very few creators actually make that public. And I think it comes with a certain amount of frustration that, you know, Cold Dead Hands, it didn't sell well. It didn't. Like, I loved it to death, but it didn't sell well at all. Like, DC I mean, really didn't, it, uh, like, support it that much. Because I think that they were more concerned with the TV show. And, you know, when Isabella created Black Lightning way back in the day, you know, Jefferson was a young man. Yeah. And I think I think Tony has always wanted Jefferson to be a young man. But when you have 20 some odd years of Jefferson being, you know, an adult, as it were. And then especially when he was aged up when Winnick launched The Outsiders. That, you know, he had you know, two children, one of them having just graduated college and the other one being probably about 18 or 19 as well. Yep. So you mm-hmm. take this. 30-something-year-old teacher and kind of like, okay, probably mid to late 40s with two adult daughters. Mm-hmm. Like, and, they're pretty much just oh. gone now. Like, you had Jennifer, who was became a member of the JSA, and you had uh, Anissa, who joined the Outsiders in t- multiple iterations, and now they're just oh. written out. Like, I remember when I had my interview with... Um, Isabella like he didn't seem to be very interested in them coming back and it kind of seemed very concerning yeah I mean I also get the I also get the sense that Isabella's not really fond of Jennifer and Anissa since I mean they both came much later and were introduced by someone else I think this is an instance of a creator being very protective over the character that they probably poured so much of themselves into, and thus being the nature with comics, you don't own that character. Yeah. Or I should say mainstream comics. Yeah. But, I don't know. And in in terms of the whole, you know, calling Black Lightning his support Negro, I can't, I'm not going to speak to that. I don't want to co-opt a situation that's not mine. But mm. it's strong language. <laughs> it, it's, a, it's a very strong language. I mean, like, Kai, what do you think about this? Like, in terms of, like, from just a comics angle. Like, I know you get the author perspective, but what do you think from a comics angle? <laughs> Oh no, I legitimately don't like. No, it's it's that DC is putting diversity into a Batman title. Kane with uh, Black Lightning on the team, and it's not just white, 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 white. <coughs> don't I? I really feel that this is coming from a place from with Tony Isabella coming from a place from hurt, and he's not act. He's knee-jerk reaction rather than having a professional reaction and it's a little bit it, it's the whole thing is frustrating yeah uh-huh. um i because his last one didn't sell right yeah. and so seeing this one doing better because it's a batman title and the general public does not care about Black Lightning. Yeah. 
because it's it's a very it's a very obscure and because again marvel knows marketing dc doesn't dc relies on their, <laughs> relies on their standards dc relies on batman harley quinn you know whatever they can make a toy out of at the time where marvel is like throwing marketing shit everywhere but it's not the right marketing if DC had just put a marketing push behind these, the, like, CW shows especially, like, if they had put a tie-in, like, watch The Flash or whatever on the comics. Heck, freaking Clayton. Joshua Williamson has the best opportunity right now to bring in new, Fla like, Flash TV show people with Flash Year One. And, like, DC's not capitalizing on that, on that whatsoever. Because DC doesn't market compared to Marvel, who markets the wrong things. And so this is where the whole problem comes from. And it's it's very frustrating. It's The whole situation is incredibly frustrating. And it's a bad look just in general for everybody involved. I do think that um, Hill, um, what's his name? Ryan Edward Hill. I do think that he is taking, like, he is being the most... Oh, he took the high road on this. He, like, took, he flat out was he like, don't been. attack him. He told all of his fans who were coming at him, he's like, look, I, I, I love the support that I'm getting for this book, but like, d don't attack creators. It ain't worth it. Like, that was the best way to handle it. <laughs> Excuse out. me. Very, very professional and very kind about it. And it's just upsetting that this is another thing that is happening. It's another meltdown from a creator. And it's in a just... Just in general, the whole thing is kind of a bad look and it's a little bit frustrating. So I have a couple hypotheticals. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Kai, were you finished? I was done. <laughs> okay, I didn't want to I didn't want to cut you off. But here's an interesting hypothetical, because I've been, you know, going through the Reddit forums and whatnot, and I've seen a couple interesting things. Um, one not necessarily argument, but I guess theory, quote unquote, that I saw was that um is DC trying to use Batman to catapult these characters into importance? But, I mean, we've seen Batman in the Outsider titles before, and that's kind of what gave characters like Katana a footing, but has that paid off? And do you think that's what they're trying to do now? Mm. See, if... And, like, this is... Like, if, if Steve Orlando's Justice League of America would have done better, I would say Yes. But because that that entire team, when you look at it, like Ray was just on the Legends of like, like the, the the CW team up, um, Black Canary Vixen had her animated series at the time on the CW seed. Uh, Ryan Choi Adam, even though it wasn't Ray, it, it gave that little bit of spot of diversity that they kind of needed for that team. Like it it was a very much like Legends of Tomorrow mine like plus Batman in a way. So it, it, if that push didn't work i don't think that might be like that's their mindset because if you look at um the the lineup um for like that that was the team in batman dark, dark Knight's metal halo was on the team and they could have been like they could have took the young justice approach and added a, like a muslim interpretation of halo to this lineup but instead it's two asian women and two black men so I think there's a possibility, but after seeing how Orlando's uh, JLA ran out, I don't. I, I can't say for certain. That's where I'm going to sit on that. Kai, what do you think? No, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Me 
Mary had said that, like, the, the, I had asked the, the hypothetical of if it's possible that they're trying to use Batman to bounce these characters forward. Which also, in regards to that argument, Batman the Signal didn't get past five issues. It, it, granted, it was a mini, but, like, it didn't turn into an ongoing. It didn't really to Duke doing more in the Bat, like, the Batman mythos. Like, besides this book and his cameo in that really horrible issue of Batman this past week. And, yeah. Um, Duke isn't doing anything. We haven't seen a We Are Robin revival, so, like... Oh, okay, so... I feel like they shoved Batman into this book to, um... it, for one. Because people will just buy Batman. But also, statistically, don't team-up books tend to sell better? Mary? It... With DC, quite frankly, it depends. Because they don't have built-in team structure like, you know, Marvel has the X-Men. The X-Men will always be a book. The X-Men will always be a team. They have... DC pretty much just has the Justice League. So, is Batman Batman and the Outsiders, though, is it a mini? Or is it actually not being billed as an ongoing? See that is. I don't pay attention. I want to say it's an ongoing. Solicitations but the fact don't that have it, parentheses on it, so I guess it's an ongoing yes. for now. <laughs> so but it'll like be canceled my, in like eight issues. Oh my god! Yeah, but my confusion is is the fact that they pushed it back so much, and that I'm I'm surprised the book didn't collapse because it got pushed back because Same. pushing a book's solicits back before the first issue is out like that is the. You know, it, it's kind of like um, delays in between issues. It will kill any and all hype for the book. I mean, to be fair, Justice League Odyssey had its first three issues rewritten, and it's and it, it kind of, it's still going. Yeah, that's Justice League. So again, it's the it's the name brand of things. Justice League will sell. Batman will sell. So Batman and the Outsiders theoretically, like. It should be fine for a bit. I don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna hit Maxi. I don't. I like, going honestly, to. I, I, part of me thinks it won't get past twelve. You're right. It's the drama going on now. Yeah, it'll make it worse. Like that is that is and a surefire way something to kill that, something. Yeah, I think something that doesn't play into this book's favor are some of these characters aren't as prevalent as they once were. I mean, let's look at Cassandra Kane, for instance. She had just come off a very, very successful Batgirl run. Um, I mean, it went over 40 issues. Uh, she had, you know, relinquished the title of Batgirl and become Black Bat, who was, you know, an equally popular. She had, you know, this carefully crafted narrative over several years, and she was a fan favorite. Uh, Katana was all over the place there for a while. She had I her mean, own solos, like mini, during the Suicide Squad run. Mm-hmm. But if you want to look in the last five years or so... Katana has been a silent member of the Suicide Squad. I mean, and it's not like she really talked a lot before, but she had significant dialogue. Yeah. But these characters don't 
carry that weight anymore. And I think that may end up hurting the book because the new 52 brought in a lot of new readers. Rebirth brought in a lot of new readers. And, you know, Cassandra hasn't been around for, you know, hasn't been reestablished for very long because it was in uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, which nobody really cared about. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you go ahead. Lucy, the chat's making a question here. Um, is Outsiders getting a recognition bump from the new, quote, air quote, new Young Justice season? It's possible. I mean, like, it's not like anybody besides Black Lightning and Katana are a part of this team. Like, I think I think Cassandra was silently in the background of, like, the third episode of the season. But it's I don't see that being, a, like, like, a true way to market that in a way. Like, if it is, then yay, yay, cool. Like, but I don't think that's what DC's banking on, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I mean, I could give my frank opinions about the book. But I think Brian Edward Hill, he did very well in Detective. He did, I mean, he, Michael Cray was, uh, you know, an absolute hidden gem. His book, his, and, his other book right now, I forget what it's called, is really freaking good. Um, yeah. American Carnage is freaking phenomenal. Yeah. I, I've heard nothing but fantastic things about American Carnage. And I think this book was pretty much just kind of given to him. And I mean, because that's something that makes the whole Batman and a little difficult is because Brian Edward Hill is such a huge fan of Batman. I mean, he is such an absolutely huge fan of Batman. And I think that's part of the conversation that's, you know, really not being taken into consideration with, you know, a lot of people, especially, you know, with somebody like Isabella, because I doubt Tony Isabella and Brian Edward Hill, I doubt they know each other at all. No, I don't think so. And, you know, speculating from, and again, pure speculation on my part. But I think for Hill, this might be a chance for him to bring these two characters that he loves so much and bring them together. Because um, it was during, uh, just before he started writing Detective, where he, uh, he brings Jefferson back. Mm-hmm. That, um, I forget what charity it was, and that makes me terrible. <laughs> but um, he basically said, if you donate, you know, $5 or so to this charity he would send you a signed copy of his detect of his first issue of detective. And you, I donated. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, he, Cause he went to an LCS and he bought like a hundred or so copies, but you know, I donated a bunch of other people donated and um, you know, I got the package in the mail maybe a month or so later and it was his signed detective issue, but he had also included issues of Michael Cray that he had signed as well. And the whole campaign was, um, it was called, quote unquote, be like Batman, because Batman is a character that he loves so much. And I think a lot of narratives have kind of been mushed together here. I mean, we have Isabella's clearly voiced frustration and Hill's very tempered response. But I, I think the third part to that equation is what is his intent with this? That's a very so, look at that. So it just it makes the whole matter a lot more complicated. And I have to admit, I understand Isabella's frustration, but I don't know if going off like that is necessarily a good move. 
that's pretty much where I'm at with it. It's like I I, th- I think you're correct that Jefferson like I think he's correct that Jefferson deserves more respect, but I don't Absolutely. but I don't think he's doing this the right way. Like he could have set up a legit interview with somebody. He could have like wrote a blog post about it and not just pop off on Twitter. Like there 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 like there's so many different ways he could have handled this and he, he didn't and it kind of it's it kind of sucks. Like I almost yeah. wish I could pull him back on here and be like, "Hey, like you have a point, but like what are you doing?" <laughs> but I, I, that's that's pretty much where I'm at with it. Um Kai, do you have any more thoughts on this? I've said I've said everything. I don't need to tell you about it because it's not really. It's just a bad look, and I don't know what the repercussions for between the two of them. I don't know what the repercussions for either of them is going to be. Um, it's it's not a good look for Isabella. All right. Uh, not, and I really hope that Hill doesn't get caught up in the shit show. You know. Yeah. I I don't think he will. He was pretty much able to beat Comic Skate off with a stick. Oh yeah, he did pretty good with that. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> they saw his American Carnage and was like, um, "What are you doing?" And he was like, "Bye." <laughs> but from anyway, th- yeah, from there uh, we had we had the announcement, like another big DC thing that was Warner Brothers Animation and DC are bringing back DC Showcase. Um, DC Showcase was a thing before where they had animated shorts that were different things of like different moments in DC history or, or like just different characters showcasing who they were. Um, I know they had a Catwoman one. They had a Green Arrow one where Black Canary was in it for like 2.5. Um, I forget what other ones there were. Um, there were a bunch of them. Because I think I remember one for Jonah Hex. Um, I think the Spectre had one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was it was um, Return of Black Adam, the Superman in, in a Shazam movie. There was the Spectre, Jonah Hex, Green Arrow, and Catwoman. And then now, what we're seeing is that we are getting not only Sergeant Rock is getting one, Adam yes. Strange, Adam Strange is getting one. Death, I get like, is that the Sandman death or like what? Is, yes. Okay, like so. Death is getting one. Phantom Stranger is getting one. I don't know why Phantom Stranger is getting one. Um, and then <sighs> Batman Death in the Family is getting one. And I'm like, why Thanks. aren't you just doing like a Killing Joke style movie if you're going to do that? Like, have already done that. They've done like five of them, haven't they? The only, the only Death in the Family <laughs> thing we got is that um, the flashbacks from Under the Red Hood. Wasn't there just a Killing Joke movie? Yeah, there was a Killing Joke movie, but like, like my idea was, and the other, uh. why, the other reason why I'm mad at the Hush movie coming out is they're using they're doing the New Fifty Two universe for the Hush movie, but <clears throat> why aren't we getting a Hush in Killing Joke format where it's just the story, but like this time no bat sex, please? Like, <laughs> why aren't we doing that? Like, because that because DC likes to beat their two horses. Yes, because they are being bad sheep. Because the, the like, they don't... no one can tell me otherwise that the new Fifty Two style movies aren't them being cheap. Like everyone was like, "Oh, Reign of the Superman and Death of Superman are such good movies," but they're using the new Fifty Two yeah, lazy good. animation. 
Like, that's the biggest flaw with them. They're in that universe. So, theoretically, Connor Kent and Damian Wayne are the same age, and it grinds my gears. <laughs> like, that's the biggest problem with those. Anyway. But these, we have the, um... Like, like actual just moments of DC history here, which is really cool. Like, I like Sergeant Rock has been like gone from DC like proper for so long. So to see him get a movie like this is really cool for a lot of old time war fans. So like, like I know Mary, I heard you say yes at that. Like, are, are you excited about that? Mm-hmm. Well, my dad, you know, my dad is was a military man, and so he had a lot of. Um, military comics he had sergeant rock um he had some of the old marvel things it was so war comics were always pretty present in my household and so they have a a, a very special place in my heart and to see them get a nod that's always good for me to see and i always liked sergeant rock that's cool so it's it's festive to see I'm really excited for the Adam Strange one because other than Jeff Lemire's Justice League United, which was basically just Justice League Canada, um, I think Kai would like that. Um, that I, I feel like Adam Strange has been neglected in the DC universe, so to see him get his own special is kind of cool for me because I like that kind of cool sci-fi stuff. And now with Naomi, the idea, like the idea of Ran and Thanagar stuff going on, has been like bringing the idea of Adam Strange back, and I kind of like it. Um, uh-huh. And then. Jeff. He was he was referenced briefly in Bendis's action, Ooh. or Superman. I don't remember which one it was. Something Bendis writes. <laughs> Something Bendis writes. Um, Kai, what do you think about these? I, uh, I, it's cool. I like animated shorts. I have no context for this character specifically. Well, no, like any of them, like Sergeant Rock, Adam Strange, Death, Phantom Stranger, Batman, like. We all know that. I don't know why they're still looking the Neil Gaiman thing. Like it's so weird. Well, like ever since Met- Dark Knight's Metal started, where um, Snyder got like explicit permission from Gaiman to bring um, like it, like um, Dream into the DC universe proper, like there's been rumblings with that the Sandman universe is coming back, and then the recent Sandman universe books came out. So there's been more of a push of it lately. So it makes sense that <clears throat> we'll get a movie like that or a short. I think DC wants to pick up the old practice of reaching into Vertigo and pulling things out. Because, I mean, Constantine, Animal Man, an argument can be made for Swamp Thing. A lot of these properties that we know and we know today are pulled right out of Vertigo. And Sandman is a mainstay of Vertigo. So I I can see them reaching in and pulling it out. I mean, Kai, we all know you love Constantine. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but no, sorry, man. I have. Go ahead, hon. I'm sorry. I, I just I have no context for these characters. I'm like the most filthiest casual, and you know that. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you that T-shirt. I have a filthy casual T-shirt. There is straight up filthy casual. They're a they're a clothing company. Uh, they're half in Cal- they're half Canadian, half in LA or something. Um, they're fantastic. I have a t-shirt. It's just my boobs are too big to fit in it right now. I got fat. So like, I know that pain. Yeah, no, like I, I I like filthy casual. It's fantastic. Um, but you know, like I really love the idea of these animated shorts. I think they're fantastic. Um, I, I we always used to like back to me at least to the days of like 
Animaniacs, where they were little shorts. They were like five minute shorts, and you get four of them in your like half hour show. So yeah. getting these little five minute sh short animations kind of just reminds me of that sort of stuff. However, I have no context for these characters, so I don't know. I think it's a great idea, and I hope they're fantastic. Okay, that's what's up. Um, I did want to swing back to Mary. I wanted to get your thoughts on the Watchmen trailer because it was our first topic. Um, it was trailery. Trailery. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Oh, you didn't see it? Okay. No, I haven't seen it yet. I've been kind of iffy on that whole thing. That's fair. because they're kind of DC's kind of starting to beat Watchmen with a stick and it's getting a little frustrating so oh, i i am a little weary of that plus a girl ain't gonna pay for hbo uh, so, no i keep i i keep tabs with friends and whatnot but <laughs> game of thrones is one of those things that i'll watch it when it's over that's pretty much where my perspective is at this point but in terms of this watchman show like it's going to pretty much be Watchmen in name only. That's what that's where my point is at. Um, did you want to give any input on the whole Marvel One Thousand thing? Because I, I know you, you've been very opinionated about that. Uh, I said a few things in the chat about it that it, I agree largely with Kai. Is that you know they they want the money, and I don't know. I, I am exceedingly cynical about this because. Yes, there are some creators I like, and I know that they're going to do some great things there, but come on now. Like, you want that action and detective money. And from a business perspective, I can't blame them for that. But, yeah. I'm irritated that out of this 80-year celebration and all of these people, you could only think to find seven women. So you can grab like a, a Rolodex and pull out a couple more names, people. Mm-hmm. It, it's just frustrating because there are so many hardworking and very talented women in the comic book industry, and the big two neglects almost all of them, and that is becoming more and more frustrating every day. But I don't want to rehash the conversation here at the end. So all right. Well, then we will go ahead and wrap up here. This has been a pretty cool episode. Mary, I'm glad that you were able to join us like here for the, like, the second half. It was pretty dope. Um, Kai, do you have any closing thoughts and, and final things you would like to say in regards to episode five of Panel to Panel? We'll see Detective Pikachu. That's all? You just, just go see oh, Detective Pikachu? Hold on, no. You start laughing and interrupt me. Go see Detective <laughs> Pikachu. Don't buy into this Watchmen bullshit. <laughs> and if you've got opinions and you're in a professional capacity, don't have a fucking meltdown on Twitter. And if you are going to have a meltdown on Twitter, forehand... <laughs> So that you can have your rant Hold on, look you, you cut out, edited. like, between beforehand. You can out beforehand so that you can edit it so it looks more like a professional <laughs> rant rather than 
just Go being the angry. Stuff that makes my, that makes me money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, like. You're gonna go on a Twitter rant. At least, if you're gonna have a meltdown, at Don't least edit it. Because head. maybe, maybe in the five minutes it takes you to write this out first, that you know, counting to ten is gonna save your career. That's fair, Mary. Do you have any closing thoughts in regards to everything that we've discussed tonight? Um. Uh, um, I, I feel like I ruined the flow of the episode, but um, <laughs> oh no, this was great! Like, I feel you, like you came I, I feel like I caused I feel like I caused more problems than I helped. But wait, how do you help? A God damn it, Mary! Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I anyway, <laughs> honestly, do no, you like, ever it, listen to me? It, it worked pretty well. Like I just like like I I just had yours and Travis's icons hidden, and I was able to be like, okay, cool, undot cover and throw it right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, full disclosure: my wife has a fever. She finally fell asleep, so I figured I could jump in and help out. But Kai, do you want to talk about our shiny new venture coming up around the corner? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So Mary and I are starting a brand new um, podcast here on the On Comics Ground channel. It will be airing on Friday nights um, at. Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called Seduction of the Innocent. We'll be talking about politics in comics and the way that uh, different political movements and different things um, have affected the comics industry into the way that we know it. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Did I do that right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, the, the title of the podcast may be familiar to some of you. It is the same title of Frederick Wortham's book, Seduction of the Innocent, which broke the golden age of comics, mm-hmm. which caused all of these publishers to rally around and voluntarily create the Comic Code Authority, which saw the exclusion of so many things. It cut down on violence. It cut down on drug use. It um, forbid any mention of homosexuality. Um, and this set the narrative of comics for decades. And so it's kind of a knock on that because, you know, taking it back. Yep. Yeah, taking it back. Cause you know, uh, I, I am, if I am known for one thing, it is being full of snark. So throwing them hot takes like fire. Yeah. But I do want to clarify one thing while we're here. When we say politics and history and how it affects comics, we're not going to be talking about things, necessarily things like Comicsgate. I want, you know, Kai and I want to reach back a little further into the annals of American history, as it were, where, you know, something how the uh, propaganda around the Chinese Exclusion Act would have affected um, the really rampant anti-Chinese sentiments in early 30s comics. Um, look at the cover for Detective Comics number one and you'll know what I'm talking about mm-hmm. and how that later influenced the anti-Japanese sentiment during World War II and the rep- like the ramifications that we're still seeing today because it wasn't maybe in less than 20 years ago that Asian characters were still being colored yellow. Yep. So... It's gonna be a it's gonna be a lot, but Kai and I are very excited about it. And uh, props to Kai for those awesome graphics and whatnot that we have. Do we want to talk about the other show? 
I'm gonna just put my ferret in a dark corner because it keeps rattling its cage. Um, so, I'm sorry, you were saying? Do you, do you guys yeah. want to plug the other show? Um, my show? The X-Men show? <laughs> yes. Kai's Both. Well, uh, we, have, we have a lot of exciting adventures. Kai, why don't you talk about aggressive negotiations? Most deaf. So, um, I am one of the co-hosts of Aggressive Negotiations, a Star Wars podcast every Monday night here on On Comics Ground. We chat about all things Star Wars. We go through the news and we do some reviews and we talk about whatever has been happening. Um, I think this week we are talking specifically about lightsabers, which is going to be interesting. And that starts again, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific... 6 p.m. if you're my time. <laughs> it's going to be great. And then our other new venture is we don't have actually any information about it yet. <laughs> so we're not going to talk about it, are we? Yeah. <coughs> we, we will. Just know that so, we have... Just know that we've got more things in development. It'll be eventually, almost. There's almost a show every night of the week. freaking awesome. It's so exciting. All right. Well, from there, we are going to go ahead and wrap up. Don't forget to uh, check this. Uh, don't forget to follow us here on twitch.tv slash on comics ground. That way you never miss alerts for when the, all of our shows go live. Don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at on comics ground, as well as check out our website on comics with hyphens between words. Uh, to, uh, every day for the newest reviews and opinion pieces about the comic industry. Um, don't forget to follow this podcast on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Uh, make sure you check out uh, all of our other podcasts, Aggressive Negotiations, um, uh, Seduction of the Innocent will be coming soon. We have our Spider-Man podcast, Living on the Edge, that we just, ha- just had a new episode Thursday about with a special guest, Godzilla Mendoza. Check out that Twitter at L-O-T-E underscore podcast. Uh, we have um, all these amazing projects that are coming to you soon, so please get ready for that. And thank you so much for all of your support, folks. We love that you are help- like helping keep this stuff going and checking out our content. Um, Kai, what is your closing statement for episode five? I thought we already did these. No, the, like, no, the closing thoughts are different than clo- a file statement. Oh my god. I don't have... I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> Plug your Twitter. Just plug your Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> We're on at Raggedy Author, if you don't already. Um, I also stream video games on at um, twitch.tv slash gaming. So you can find me over there. Sweet. Where can <laughs> they find your books? Yeah. On um, everywhere. Uh, it's Kai Kiriyama. Just search me. There's a, like a dozen out there. Um, and I read a little bit of everything. <laughs> That's what's up. Mary, what is your closing statement for episode five? Um, you can follow me at, at SafficGeek on Twitter. Um, I'm going to usurp the title of The Great Interrupter. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're very excited about shows uh, we have on the pipeline. You know, look out because we've got some exciting things coming your way. All right. And then my closing statement is uh, you can follow me on Twitter at James C. Portis 3. Um, I like post some pretty cool stuff, I think so. Um, and also, uh, thank you. Please support your local comic book shop that they deserve your support. I always want to make a point about that in every episode because comics are what we love. Comics are what we talk about. Yes, we love general nerd culture, but comics are, are what we hold dear. So please make sure you are supporting this amazing industry. 
Um, also, thank you for the follow, Comfy Couch Man. You are amazing. I just saw that pop up on my thing. Um, and from there, we are going to go ahead and head out for you guys. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in with us. This will be archived on YouTube if you want to if you missed anything from today. So you'll be able to check it out there. Uh, we will catch you folks next time. Peace out. Peace out.